your source for stateside views on Everton Football Club. Hosted by James Boyman and Ryan Williams. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the American Toffee Podcast. James here, joined as always by Ryan, coming to you following Everton's 1-1 draw against Leicester City at Goodison Park. It was the first time in 14 matches, interestingly enough, that this fixture has ended in a draw. And with the one point, Everton are eight points off first place in the Premier League. Say that again, eight points off first place in the Premier League with Ryan Two games in hand. Two. Feels pretty good, Ryan. Over to you for your instant reaction. Yeah, I think if you told me that Andre Gomes and Tom Davies were going to start in central midfield and we were going to draw a full-strength Leicester team, uh, Vardy does make a difference, I agree. Uh, I'd have taken it. So, to me, um, fine. You know, okay. Uh you know, relatively happy where we are in the table. So um, I, I, we didn't really, some results went our way today too. So we didn't lose any ground, put it that way. Yeah, we got some really good results. United dropped all three points. Chelsea dropped points and Villa dropped points as well. So very favorable fixtures. And yeah, I mean, look, if you'd asked me before the match, given Allen, Decore out, spine of the midfield, snap your hand off for a point. The way it played out, it ended up being a little bit disappointing. But at the end of the day, take four points from a potential six against Leicester on the season for a team that is in excellent form right now, although they were missing some key players today, really hard to be disappointed. And and I understand the immediate frustration as the game wore on. And as of course, after we conceded after being up, but we'll get into that shortly, Ryan, I just want to give a quick shout out to our correct score predictions from our discord server. That's invite.gg slash ATP. If you're interested in joining, we had Zach Landy, Serious Delirium, Showtime Matt with an asterisk on that because he predicted that Vardy would play uh, and then changed his score after finding out he wouldn't play. So he gets partial credit. And then Franz also predicted it correctly. So props to those guys. I predicted a 2-1 loss, so I was way off there. But uh, Ryan, let's talk about Everton's lineup because obviously his personnel sort of mandated a certain approach from Carlo and I think he made some interesting choices. I was hoping when I saw the names come out that we might see uh, one of the other said individuals as a defensive mid, whether it was Godfrey mm. or not, and that we'd play a back four. Uh, turns out not at all. Uh, defensively, it looked like four four two, and you had Dean kind of playing a left wing and Richarlison playing on the right, which is a little surprising. Uh, the bench saw Wobi on the bench and I'm thinking, eh, you know, I mean, you really want him kind of carrying the ball, but I guess if you're going to sit back, uh, maybe bringing him on later, if he's not a hundred percent, not a terrible idea. Uh, maybe could have opted for Siggy in the middle instead of Andre and Tom Davies, but we're shorthanded. So, you, you know, you saw it go out there. You knew we'd probably pack it in a little bit and that's probably the way to play against these guys. Honestly. I mean, I don't know if we, we really never took advantage. We'll get into the game in a second of maybe what they gave us, but, I think it's the right way to play a team like this that wants to press the way they do. And and we should have the type of forwards that can kind of get behind and do some damage that way uh, for Charleston and Dom are both playing up higher and, and they pretty much were. And then Lester's lineup uh, real quick. Um, you know, they say they always call it a four, two, three, one, but it's really not. And DD typically is the one sitting back right. in the hole and they kind of push the other guys up. So I think that's a little misleading um, or they call it four, four, one, one. Sometimes they play that let kind of Madison roam up top. Uh, Vardy being the big miss. I, I thought it was interesting that 
uh, Perez was yeah. up top. Yeah, and, and the way it played out is he kind of played almost as a false nine. We'll get in the tactics how it played. Fafana and Evans I knew would be in the back because um, Soyuncu uh, wa- played in the cup match, so I had a feeling. And he's, you know, he he came off a pretty significant injury. He's only been back for for I think about a month now, so I get it. Yeah. Uh, Fafana gave Calvert Lewin some fits uh, in terms of balls in the air and stuff last time, so you knew that might be a bit of a struggle. Um, and then I think. Ricardo didn't play, um, which was a little surprising, but I think he, again, is one that's just kind of come back and and played a little bit in the cup match. But yeah, I mean, you had, I, I think when you look at that, you look at, you know, Justin on left back on Evans' side and you think, eh, maybe that's where we can exploit them, you know, especially if they're going to push up Barnes, who's really tricky with the ball and had a very dangerous game today. Maybe that's where we could get them. And you saw a little bit of th- that. I think, or at least an attempt didn't quite pull off that way. I, I thought the tactical matchup was really interesting, um, especially when you look at kind of average positions. Some of it's a misleading because people flipped sides, but right. Um, and there was a distinct change in the second half too. We'll get into that in a second. But what did you think at least about Everton's setup? Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting. I agree. I mean, the debate was raging. It's funny how these sort of debates take place amongst the fan base before uh, before matches. Oh, are we gonna? What are we going to do for the lineup? What are we going to do to the lineup? And then Carlo eventually just kind of goes with the most obvious, if not maybe most potentially uh, pleasing on the eye formation and ends up giving, you know, Andre and Tom. Tom definitely sitting deep in that kind of Allen role that he's been occupying in Allen's absence. And then Gomez given license to sort of roam forward a little bit, partner up with James. James in that free role. I really got to be honest. I really like Luca Dean at a, at a left mid position. Um, given again, the circumstances, it's not ideal rather have him behind Richarlison, but I thought he had a good game today and given him, giving him more license to run forward as one of our best offensive creators is never going to be a bad thing. Dom again, playing very centrally. Uh, and then Richarlison on the other flank tended to like, he switched around. I think Richarlison was a little bit more, given a little more license to get, in different areas than, than someone like Luca Dean was, but uh, yeah, overall pretty typical four, four, two on in defense. And then, um, you know, what are the four, one, three, two, four, one, you know, various different shapes. You can't really pin Hamas in any one specific role. So it makes the, the formation itself kind of arbitrary. No, it's push Luca up, you know, left wing. Um, and you could see he, he had some success in the air, uh, and maybe that was the idea and push him really wide and high. And then you could tell part of the game plan, especially was early Dom shading over to the right side on Richarlison's side mm-hmm. and trying to take advantage of James and Evans. Uh, I don't think it ever really worked particularly well. Uh, yeah. Andre had, had license to kind of move the ball forward at times. He did that fairly well. Um, and that was kind of the tale of the first half for sure. The second half was very different. Um, and if you notice, the one thing that was really impressive is James being one of the top two in the 4-4-2 did a really nice job of preventing that center back short pass to Ndidi to kind of start their their possession. Uh, he's very conscientious about it, was very savvy and good, posi- very positionally sound. I was impressed by that. Um, when Ndidi went down, things changed a little bit, but the second half is really where things changed. Um, and I, I think we could talk about that as we kind of go through go through the timeline. Um, but yeah, it was, I guess the big change would have been Richarlison playing on the right side. Cause he's been mostly on the left. He did flip back to the left later when right. Roby came on, but um, 
Yeah. So, so maybe let's talk about kind of how they attacked because I, I think they're relatively balanced. If I had to guess in the first half, Barnes looked very dangerous coming off the left. Oh, he yeah. megged Holgate so badly early. Oh, it was disgusting. I felt very bad for Mason on that one. But as the second half wore on, when, when we went up, you saw him push the center backs way up. Uh, Fafan in particular and Tielemans were just passing back and forth. There was no real threat to take the ball from them. And they attacked us in their right half space, basically right in front of Andre. Um, and we couldn't get the ball back from them. So tactically, that was the big change. And Didi wasn't there. Uh, Mendy kind of floated around more. Tielemans, they dropped him back farther and they were yep. focused more on possession. And then when Under came in, you saw him sitting on the sidelines, cutting in the left foot. Of course, he has no right foot. I mean, literally. Literally um, no right foot. <laughs> no, as my son who plays soccer, he, he my son's the same way. He's very right-footed. Uh, Under's the other way around. And he had a training session, his first session with the guy who you know does shooting and attacking. And uh, he comes off the pitch. And he's like, Max, that's my son's name is Max. Max, right foot is like a cannon, like a rocket. His left foot is good for walking. <laughs> so that's, yeah. that's Chingus under. That's Your right foot it. is good for walking. That's about it. There was one time, too, we let him go left. I was like, oh, my God, please wake right. up. But you saw that. And it was really tough for us. You know, we were packed in. Now, granted, we had the lead at the time, but it made things problematic. Um, they didn't create a ton of chances, though, that were very dangerous. But there was a high volume uh, volume of them. And again, I know one of your favorite visualizations sure. is kind of where the shots are from. And I thought this did tell a story again. I mean, we've done a really good job of preventing the shots from farther. And today was no exception. Yeah, I mean, you look at the right. Lesser had 18 shots. We had eight. And yet the XG is not that far off. XG philosophy on Twitter had Lester at 1.18, us at 0.71. So you look at the distribution of shots and that sort of kind of explains it all away. 67%, two thirds of Lester's shots were from outside of the box. 33% from inside the 18, but zero inside the six. Whereas we had, let's see, 63% of our shots from inside the 18, including inside the six and only 38 from outside the box. So we created the better chances, but just on pure volume, Lester come out on top. And I think a lot of that came in that period shortly after the break when they really kind of ramped up the pressure, pushed those CBs high. And we really struggled to even like string a few passes together. Uh, looking at the total stats, the total, the average length of, of passes, like string of passes for Everton was I think three and Lester was five. So just indicative of the fact that we really struggled to kind of retain possession and uh, move the ball effectively. And Lester, for the most, I mean, the, the possession stats are pretty consistent throughout the match. There was one period after the half when they dominated, but for the most part, it was like, you know, six, uh, 65, 35, roughly. And once we went up, I mean, you're just waiting for him to kind of play that ball over the top. We just didn't do very well with it. I mean, we had right. trouble getting the ball back from them. And then especially our fullbacks, when they did have the ball, were playing just some terrible balls forward and losing it. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, I mean, clearly, look, Carlo was set up to frustrate them and sit back. You know, he knew our limitations from a personal, personnel standpoint. And that was a pragmatic way. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, to be perfectly honest. I think you have a great line in here. That's um, every outfield starter recorded at least one tackle or interception. Yeah. I mean, everyone put in a shift and was committed, um, yeah. which is impressive. So um, and I quick, just want to highlight go, that. Real yeah. Quick. Go ahead before we go into the timeline, because I think there's been so much said about Everton over the last few years where like the major critique is that it seems like players don't really try. And in some ways that's a lazy thing to like lazy critique, I think, because there's obviously a lot of underlying factors, but you can't deny the impact that Carlo has had in the, the amount of work that these players put in 
week in, week out. And I think that was really emphasized today by the fact that we set up in a really pragmatic way to play with our personnel and we just set out to frustrate them and we did a good job of it. And the players all worked together to make that happen. Um, and, and as you said, every single outfield starter reported at least one tackler interception, which shows that everyone was doing their part off of the ball to, to disrupt Lester as best they could. Yeah, and I think uh, Andrew at Everton Gladys had the perfect summation. I thought this was a really interesting point, very insightful. Yeah. His line is, a game like today is a clear example of where a manager with strong motivational and tactical qualities adds value. Not every win or point is down to the manager, but this one was. There's merit to that. I mean, there's some superstars in there that aren't able to do what they normally could because of the lack of midfield. It's a little bit where we are still as a club. You know, we're still in transition. And kudos to Carlo. I mean, these guys are fighting their, fighting their tails off. I mean, Richarlison didn't have the best game, but God, was he working? Running. You know, that he's a perfect example of it. So uh, getting at the timeline real quick, they were definitely dangerous early. I, yeah. I, I think you'll agree. There was a lot of chances early um, leading up to kind of the game breaker. Uh, I'll let you kick her off, but uh, you can't talk enough about what happened in the uh, 30th minute. Yeah, we'll get there shortly because that was, I think. The, hurry up, hurry up. <laughs> certainly the high point. But early on, yeah, Lester had a good couple chances around the 13th minute Harvey Barnes who had a I think a fantastic game ran rings around a lot of our defenders he had a nice little drive into the wing drove uh, laid it off to Madison who had a long range shot that curled over the bar a couple minutes later a really neat little uh, give and go between Luca Dean and Tom Davies Luca gets wide pings across and in Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin kind of both converge at the exact same time. I think we ended up winning a corner from it, but they almost got in each other's way. I feel like Richarlison might've had the cleaner play on it, but they were both so grouped together. That felt like a chance that kind of went missing. Um, and then we had another one where it was a short corner going uh, Hamas to Gomez. Gomez lays it back to Hamas, but puts it on his right foot. And so he has to do this weird adjustment to get it back to his left. Fizz is one into Yeri Mina, um, but Schmeichel ends up collecting that. Uh, or clearing it rather to Tom Davies. And then the 29th minute, what more can you say? I mean, first of all, the long ball from Andre Gomez out wide to Luca Dean, beautiful. He was in acres of space. The one touch from Luca Dean, we know how good he is at that off of a long ball, lays it off. James gets a shot off. Or no, excuse me. He tries to cross it to Calvert-Lewin, who's like making a run from uh, right yeah, to left. Yeah, through ball or something. You know, yeah. Look, yeah look, it was a little bit in the air, I guess, and came right back to him. Came right back to him. Basically, I mean, he's really three-on-one, but it's him and Fofana. And I think what Fofana just expected him to try to pull it left. And he just does a neat little one touch to the right, curls it. I mean, it's hard to understate what a beautiful move and goal that was, really. It's so quick. I mean, he went from the left foot to the right foot and got rid of it before Fofana even had a chance to think about it. I mean, the footwork involved in that, I mean, it's, it's basically running, you know, two steps and it's off. Uh, there's just no center back that's going to stop that. I mean, it's not like Fafana lacks length or athleticism. Yeah. Um, you're just not going to stop it. I mean, it was so quick. Bang, bang. And I mean, rung it off the post. Are you kidding me? Uh, the the quality of that play in and of itself. And he had some fun show showboat moves later too, some back heels and some other fun stuff. But that thing, the quality on his off foot. I mean, God, and that, what, and that what a player! Really surprised me because I didn't expect him to go to the right either. He's so often this season, he is a very one-footed player. I, I think it was David Hughes, friend of the show, who put out a graphic just showing 
how frequently each Everton player uses both their feet. And Hamas is like 93% on his left, both passing, shooting, everything. Yep. Yeah, his whole play, his whole play is kind of oriented that way. You know, he uses his body so well to mm, feel the amazing. ball from that. Right. So, um, but yeah, that one, I just, the technique there and how quick he moved the ball to his right foot and how well he struck it. And is, the technique is, it's perfect. It's flawless. I mean, I flipped out. I mean, I just was, <laughs> wow. You just, I mean, it's what a player, what an absolute player. Uh, and he put in a shift today too. You know, that, that's another thing. I'm tired of hearing that garbage. You know, you, you know how it irritates me because I feel like there's this subtle, almost, I feel like there's this almost subtle xenophobia. And I I think we feel it more as Americans, just because um, when we hear things like, you know, this English idea, like uh, when Graham Sonis went off on it about, you know, it's a Latino thing to dive and, and, and Mm. ask with the referee and stuff. I just, I take real umbrage with it because Look, I, I believe in that this this concept of kind of like the world culture at this point now, because we're all so bouncing back and forth with each other. There's there are certainly distinctly British things in English, sure, and American things, but but really the idea certain aspects like work in this game in particular is just the, the Latino stereotype thing, I think, is just so stupid. And I think anyone who's ever seen South American football in particular uh would know that those leagues especially i mean he was in argentina are brutal yeah i mean they are violent vicious they and you have to work if you don't work there oh my god forget it yeah and so james i know can put a foot in he's just not quick man that's yeah. all it is that's it yeah he's just that, slow and so i think people just discount him because of that but he his awareness makes up for a lot of that lack of speed and his just and he works instincts yeah he and works. He works with the ball he works tons oh but, yeah Anyway, I'm belaboring the point. Um, yeah. The game kind of played out, you know, the rest of the first half. They had some some chances, you know, I would say, but um, nothing really dramatic. But yeah, it was really, I mean, it really shook them, I think, because it's like, wow, you know, the first first moment of the game, really first chance we had, first shot, bang, off the post, just yeah. like that. It's like, holy, wow, I don't know what to do there. And then then a couple big events before halftime mattered. Indeed, uh, he went down. And you had to be Huge. thinking, wow, maybe this will be our night. Um, he is a really important player for them. But to show that, that Lester's probably a little farther ahead of us in terms of squad development, you know, Mendy's a good player. Yeah, you know, They have Chudvery who could come off the bench too. So they just have a little more depth. They're a little bit more mature aside. They can fill in for them. And, um, you know, either way, we got to halftime up 1-0. You had to figure they're going to have a lot of the ball. So we came out that way. Um, they, their adjustments really did matter. And I think the first beginning part of, of, you know, halftime after the break was pretty one-sided. Yeah. So from the, from halftime to the 67th minute, when they scored, it was, as I said earlier, it was like 65, 35 possession for the entirety of the game. But in that period of time, it was 80, 20, and Lester got six shots and six corners off. It was just an onslaught. It was like, boom, 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 coming at us nonstop. Um, but but that wasn't because no one wasn't putting a shift in or working. No, hard. no, no. That was I mean, serious. People would say that Andre blame it. No, no. There was a tactical change and a very smart one. And they took advantage of of Andre and the space that we were giving him. So kudos to Brendan Rogers. You know, we never really fully adjusted until the very end through subs. But that's what happened there. You know, do we want to talk about the goal? Uh, yeah, we should talk about the goal. I think we yeah. definitely should talk about the goal. Um, because I mean, pick looked like he made a pretty nice play off the one chance where kind of Madison and Castagani put one across and pick kind of went in. There was some courage and made a play. 
but yeah, I mean, you know, Barnes, it kind of came off that set piece where Pickford made kind of an unnecessary save. Yeah. The corner yeah. went on the other side and Barnes, you know, froze people a little bit with his dribbling capability and laid it off. And um, I mean, someone on the discord, I don't know who was picked threw a picture up of, of pre shots. Is it you? Is it you? Yeah. This this strange James guy. I mean, there were definitely some bodies in between him and the goal, though. Uh, but I mean, I don't know how the ball got through, but I mean, you got to save it. You got to make that save. It's a reaction save, though, because I really don't think. Again, the still is telling because there's six players within five yards of of Thielman's. You, we can't be conceding goals from outside the box at the rate we have. But I think it comes in, and I don't know how late Pickford sees it but he can't get down quickly enough. He does get a hand on it. Can't push it wide. He ends up pushing it off the inside of the post and it deflexing. The, and look, it's been in, this is, and I think if this was in isolation, people would say, all right, it's, it's a mess up, but it comes after a long line of continuing, continuously costing us valuable positions in games. In this case, we're up, we're now tied. And it's been a while since his last one, but somehow it's just, every time he does it, it just makes everything else seem in the much more recent past. And people are people are livid with him. My contention is just that he shouldn't be able to get that shot anywhere near the goal. There should be someone in front of him, someone closing down. Credit for getting it off. But Pickford, I will not argue that he should have saved that because he most definitely should have, and he was rightfully given an error for that. Yeah, maybe we're being a little harsh. I mean, it's hard to know what he picked up and what he didn't. You know, I will say this. It's the type of ball he actually normally saves. You know right. what I mean? Because it's not a positioning issue. Because he happened to be in a position to save it. Um, his but reaction doesn't that make it doesn't that make it more frustrating though? Because yeah, he normally yeah. saves it. Yeah, I mean his instincts are normally decent. I mean he makes all the saves on him because his positioning is normally so poor. Um, and is our hands are very strong. You know, it's the and it's kind of lower too. You know, it's in the air where he flails around and seems like he misjudges things. He's mm. I just um, I can't believe you didn't save it. But, yeah, it cost us. And that's the thing. People are like, oh, well, you know, they were dominating. It was it was coming. Well, it was and it wasn't. I mean, they, look, they missed a lot of chances where they could have given it a better go. You know, yeah. I, 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 I mean, they had a high volume of shots. They had like 18 shots. I mean, surely a couple of them could have been better. But again, Vardy was out. I mean, he's their motion guy in the box and their finisher. So there's a little bit of that. We gave up a ton of corners if they showed no danger on corners whatsoever. Um, whereas they are totally susceptible on set pieces, by the way. Yeah, I mean, we had chances after after conceding. We had chances to win win the match. There's no doubt about it. We had a few. I mean, there weren't very many numerous ones. James almost replicated his first goal but with, a, with his strong foot in the 81st minute. It was a little wide. It was a good chance. Um, uh, three huge ones. Richarlison header, Dominic oh, yeah. Calvert-Lewin header, and then Andre. And then Andre. I, yeah. I mean, those chances. That uh, was chance, man. Which of all those, which ones would, <sighs> were you like the most? To, to me, the Richarlison one was the biggest shocker. Yeah, I mean, for, him, that, it over. <clears throat> for me, that one didn't. It's weird because you used to just ex- anticipate and expect him to finish that sort of chance. I know. As of lately. And so I wasn't all too surprised watching the ball. The Andre Gomez one frustrated me the most. <clears throat> and it's not because it was the easiest chance or most convertible one, because I think he was so open. It like almost took him by surprise and the ball kind of fell yeah. like at his knees. So it's kind of a hard one to like, if you're going to try to hit it on the full volley, if you want it to take a bounce, it ends up doing neither and kind of skidding off his shin. But for it to come that late and for us to have that chance was just like, oh, Andre. but he's never been one to really finish those sorts of chances. So I wasn't too frustrated. Not a strong suit, but 
boy, you know, Dom on that header. Mm, I think yeah. that's a harder shot than the announcers are like, you got to finish that. I mean, come on, come yeah. on man. I mean, you, you know, come most on, guys man. don't even, most guys don't even get their head on that, man. So shut up. You know, I, man, he's so bad the whole time. I, don't, I can't remember who was doing the, the color on Peacock, but not I mean, even Re- worthy of naming them. <clears throat> Richarlison flair players like that. You know, he's oh. really putting in a shift. He said that about him and Hamas. Yeah, I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Have you he never said- seen us play? Richarlison's the one I'm like, dude, are you, we'll get into the numbers, but. That yeah. guy works hard on defense. Everyone knows that. I mean, you watch him one time, you know, and, uh, and Mike Dean. Can we talk about Mike Dean for a while, too? I mean, I swear to God, half the fouls, if you had a coin flip, flipped it up, I think you would have had more right. There was an early tackle that Richarlison got called a foul on. I think it was Barnes and Barnes turned away from the goal. I don't know if he touched him or not. Barnes went down. But I mean, immediately the announcers like card. Should have been carded. I think there was another announcer, not the guy in Peacock that did it. Maybe it was Robbie Savage or someone like that. Maybe I, I apologize, Robbie, if I'm if you're wrong. That should be a card. I'm he sure never, he listens. Yeah, right. He <laughs> never touched him, dude. Never touched him. I mean, Mike was calling fouls on us too, or on them. That I was like, that's not a. Fa-. I mean, Richardson yeah. got bailed out one. Andre got bailed out one time. I mean, Andre had a, a pretty shaky ten minutes too, where he's giving the mm-hmm. ball up. Where I was kind of like, yeah. Mike, what are you watching? I mean, corner call at one point. I just, I mean, Tom Davies had the hit to the hit to the face, quote unquote, that he definitely sold. That was nowhere near near his face, but no contact. Just an all around bad afternoon out for Mike Dean. He'd think he just let the game pass him by and never really uh, asserted himself. Maybe. Yeah. I I mean, if we'd have won on one of those last chances, maybe you could say it wasn't deserved. But I'll tell you what, that team does not look good on set pieces. I mean, there were times where, I mean, no one was there at times. And um, you got to think that that's going to that's going to hurt them. I know Brendan Rodgers is kind of not known for his set piece defense. Um, But, yeah, I I tell you what, though, that is the blueprint on how to beat those guys. It's Mm. a little bit Liverpoolish as well too. packing it in. You know, it'll make them hard. You know, there if you're tough to be to break down who there in the middle of the pitch is going to go and create and step in front in the lane and bury one for them. I, I think they are a very good side, but. I mean, much like a lot of these other sides that are yeah. very good, you take their stud out. Vardy is a real difference maker for them. I didn't think he'd make as much of a difference um, playing the way we did. And I think yes, that's an important yes. note, right? Because if you're going to pack that's it true. in like that, you take away the counter. You know, they're deadly. Exactly right. They're deadly against a team that wants to go at them and play higher against the top teams. I mean, that's kind of Rogers thing. And, you know, sure. he'll counter press and things like that. So if you take that away from Vardy and you can't run behind. You've already back to goal is... Not as good, not, but his, move, his movement's still good. But the point is, that's the way you play against these guys. So, and Carlos uh, said just, just just that in his post match, just real quick before he yeah. made individual performances. I mean, he said, "I don't have a problem sitting back because when we sit back, we're tough to beat. We're compact. We're strong." And that's exactly, I think, what the game plan was front to back today. Just be defensively resolute. Don't concede, and maybe we nick one, and we did early. And I think at that point, it was. I think once we scored, the, the objective was to win one nil. Um, yeah. Very clearly, which nothing wrong with that. That's no, our personnel dictated. Our personnel exactly. dictated. Exactly. You know, it was right to be pragmatic. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I do. But I think the good news is that after I saw that, Lester, I, I think some of the lower sides will give them more fits than maybe mm-hmm. I would have thought. And I have seen them play this year, but not as not as often. So that was kind of what I took away. They are good with the ball and good on it. But, you know, you got to be able to break through at one point, And they never really did. Yeah. Um, 
boy, I, yeah, Pickford is kind of the goat today, but but there were there were some mixed performance all the way around. I mean, I think let's start with the good. Um, you can't really say too much bad about James after that goal. I mean, that individually is just such a thing of beauty. I just want to watch it over and over again. I mean, the man cannot stop doing tremendous things at Goodison Park. Two assists last match. Another goal here. He just keeps lighting it up. Led the team in touches, which is always a good thing from our standpoint. If you've got your best player leading you in touches, it's going to set you up for success. Only 58, which is, I think, you know, lower than some of the, even the you know, games when we've had more possession. Obviously, he gets more touches, but 58 touches, three tackles, no key passes, which I think is interesting, Ryan, if you want to comment on that. Yeah, I think it 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 lends itself to the striker's performance, and we'll talk about that in a second. You know, it's hard hard to have a key pass when there aren't too many people in front of you. Yeah, absolutely. But another player who I think we both agree was really strong today, and thank God he's back in the team, is Luca Dean. Two key passes, two for eight on crosses, which but he's getting the crosses in the box, right? Yeah, right. Right. That, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, the percentage completion of, of crosses is not yeah. always that high. If you can get right. eight, if that guy serves eight crosses a game, I think we're doing okay. Yeah. A hundred percent agree. <laughs> but, but he wasn't the, I mean, if you're going to critique Luca, I mean, he gave the ball away sometimes being overly aggressive once or twice in the second half, but, but he also took care of it. I mean, he wasn't giving up the ball. I think he had one bad touch, you know, and, and you saw some of the combination play were our most dangerous possessions and interplay was much of it came through him including the goal right and that and that's what comes when you're asking him to play more of a left mid role and and less of a left back role is you're giving him the freedom to try stuff and give the ball away more so than you would if he was kind of in their last line of defense so um, I thought he was again one of our major creative outlets him and Hamas were superb but the real question is the central midfield the (laughs) hot topic let's do it big point of discussion so Andre Gomes, was he good? Was he bad? So let, let's talk about the numbers first. All right, long passes, six of seven. So there's no question he did a very good job distributing from back to forward. He sprayed the ball around a couple times. Uh, his pass was very important on the goal. Saw that a couple times with both feet. It's something he normally does well. Switching fields, his distribution was excellent. His dribbling, he carried the ball very well. And no one else is doing it, too. So and through the middle of the pitch, through traffic, you know, he was combative, carrying the ball forward. He was really important for us, generating any offense. And he had four tackles. You know, you can't deny that. I mean, he got stuck in today, but um, he did have two bad touches and, and he was dispossessed three times. Now, part of that is a function of him being the one ball carrier for a while. Yeah. Um, you know, did he take maybe too much risk? I don't know, but it's hard to ignore what he did in the second half and how how much they yeah. shaded over to him and just absolutely picked on him. I mean, he was consistently bypassed. You know, he fouled twice. I know you said off the air, you're like, that's it. I mean, for him. yeah, I mean, truly, it feels like anytime the ball carrier gets near him, he's just going to stick a foot in. And if he gets the ball, he gets it. If he doesn't, he's going to foul. Uh, and it felt like that happened way more than two times today. But as you said, Ryan, as the game wore on, just the lack of uh, agility, I think, and, and quickness just makes him too much of a liability on the defensive side. And team, and credit to Lester for picking it out and identifying it and picking on him. I, I mean, ultimately, if you're not going to have perfect technique 
you know, if you, if you're lacking athleticism like that, you're going to, I mean, it's the premier league. The ball just moves too yeah. fast. The, the league is too fast. I mean, I, I will say this shame on Lester for not doing it earlier. Uh, exactly. I, I, I don't understand, you know, they, they were so again, Brendan Rogers, I think people say, well, I changed formation changes. Well, he doesn't really he kind of plays his system and likes it. Now he did adapt a little bit at halftime, but I mean, what took you so long, buddy? I mean, what did you expect? I mean, did you think you were just going to put forth, your way of playing on us. I mean, Carlo Ancelotti's on the other sideline, buddy. I mean, he's not, he, he's managed a couple games before. He's okay. uh, so he's, he's all right. You know, what's he ever done? Tom. Da- so, so wait, before I do this, I did write in our notes. It's not his fault. You know, I, I, I mean, I hate to get into like a goodwill hunting. Matt. I Dave was literally just going to say right, that. Right. It's not your right. fault. It's not your fault. What are you saying to me? <laughs> not you, Sean, not you. Um, yeah. Go so I, I, I think, no, it's true. I mean, so, I'm not going to blame him for being a terrible defensive player. He is what he is much like, you know, at the end, he didn't finish. Well, this just in, he's not so good in the final third. Although he had another decent cross again today too. I was like, what's wrong with him? Yeah, uh, it was a good cross. Huh? I know it wasn't bad. Uh, all right. Tom Davies, you were tempted to put him in the good. I was tempted to put him in the good and I can see why people would put him in the okay. But for me, as like a Walmart version of Allen in the last several games. A Walmart version? Yes. Like the off-brand Allen. He's not the same, but he's asked to do a similar role, sit in that central space in front of the defense. I don't know what more you can ask from the kid. Look, he's not going to be a superstar, I don't think, but took care of the ball, two dribbles, got fouled a couple times, had a couple neat little interceptions, four of them, in fact, 88% passing. Look, he didn't do anything incredibly expansive, but he did what he was asked and he didn't uh, set us back too far. He's not going to necessarily help us spring forward and attack, but I thought he linked up well. His positioning was relatively decent defensively sound, which has always been our biggest critique of him. I just don't think you can, if you're putting like, if you're expecting a a Hamas performance from Tom Davies, you're not going to get it. I think that was, we've seen a lot more good of Tom Davies than bad in the last month or so. Dispossessed only once. There you go. And, and, and and he's getting braver and courageous in terms of carrying the ball down the middle. He made himself available enough for mean and keen to help when we had possession. I don't know what happened in the second half though. Really? Mm. It's like, he kind of, he didn't go absent. I feel like we just handed the ball to them more often. Maybe he ran out of steam. He was doing a lot of work. The one thing I saw from him today that I was so excited about was snapping back in position. You saw a couple times when he got a little expansive and then this internal clock, like any good defensive midfielder said, Ooh, I better get back. And he did. And he hustled and he played really hard. You know, and he's a tough kid. Um, my guess is he just got tired and, and kind of worn down a little bit. Um, he's not perfect. Um, you're asking a lot from people forget about how young he still is, but yes. it's encouraging. You know, it's encouraging. Again, yep. what we said before was that against a lesser team, Sheffield in particular, he had a fantastic match against a lesser team. You can maybe get away with playing him in that deeper role, you know, spraying the ball around and stuff. He is a progressive passer. He can break lines and things and carry the ball forward a little bit. I like him. I want him to be successful. We all he do. We, had a good... <laughs> we all do. I mean, you know, yeah. little shin pads and everything. So yeah, I thought he did. Okay. I, you know, it's just, I just don't believe that he was good though. It's for some reason. And maybe right. it's a bias or something, yeah. but no, I thought he was okay. I thought he was all right. Yeah. I think he just faded. Maybe that was it. Um, yeah. Other than that. Okay. I mean, Godfrey, I thought was good defensively. He gave the yeah. ball way too much though. Again, again, he's got to stop doing that. But again, 
a lot of these are clearances and releasing pressure. I mean, we're up one nil. So, I, you know, it's one thing for chasing the game. He still had energy. He still had athleticism. That, no question. He's got it all from, from an athleticism standpoint. He's got the pace. He's got the size. He's got the strength. Yeah, I was wrong. He He's a much better athlete than I thought he was truly. I mean, I know it'll be very interesting to see how he makes the transition to center back. I know he was a center half at Norwich, but man, he got torched at yeah. Norwich, you know, and I don't know how he fits in, but in the meantime, as an adaptable, flexible player. Now, here's the question, though. The real question. I know you're about to say something. <laughs> this on. is important point. Did Carlo make a mistake not playing him at defensive mid? If he goes in and plays in that slot with Davies, even making a sub or anything, moving Dean back to left back and maybe bringing, moving Richarlison over left and Awobi onto the right, would that have made things better or not? I'm curious what you think. Far be it from me to... Accuse Carlo Ancelotti of making a mistake. (laughs) What I will say is, and I've said this since Ben Godfrey started in that left back role. He is so hamstrung by his inability to use his left foot in that position that it really kind of limits his effectiveness in possession uh, to a point where it's like detrimental to the team as a whole. I think on the defensive side of the ball, he's a rock. He's, Get, he, he, I think his positioning is really good for someone who's not familiar with yeah, that. I mean, he, he comes inside a little bit too much, but that, he's a center half, so I'm not. But I think to your question, if you play him in that central defensive midfield role, you unlock his ability to actually like use all of his skills and ability all around the pitch, and not just confine him to one small uh, side of the pitch corner of the pitch where he's not that clearly not that comfortable. Like the number of times. He receives it wide trying to stretch and he can't play the ball up the line because of it's he can't use his left foot or won't use his left foot or chooses not to. It just drives me nuts. So I would have liked to see him experiment a little bit, Carlo, and play him in that role. I'm not going to say it was a mistake because we got a point, but I still think that that's an option going forward. And I'd like to see him try it at least once just so if, if for nothing else than just shut us all up. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think I would have liked to see him in there too because they're just when Andre's there just flailing around. I mean, when they made the change and yeah. it was obvious what they were doing, pushing up even higher and playing in that left half space, our left half space, their right half space, I would have loved to plug him in there and see what would happen. You know what I mean? Because you know, you start to think about he can oh, play a ball too. He can pass a ball from distance. He's maybe not doing it great right now, but he that is kind of his hallmark as a defender. Like just one time with his athleticism, it would have loved to see just jump on under when he cut over left, pick yep. the ball and then play someone through. I mean, it, really, it might have made a difference. Um, but again, we we're also limited in the midfield too, too. So what do you do with that? And then do you bring Dean back? I, I don't know. It's a tough call. Um, anyway, moving on, we can talk about that one all day. So Dominic Calvert Lewin. Uh, we had, I don't, okay. I, I mean, him, yeah. he just looks a little rusty. Won a couple of aer- won five aerials. He had two shots, one shot on target. He's clearly working his way back. Um, and Fofana was a tough matchup with him the first time too. So um, I think it was Penny and I were talking kind of on the, on the voice thing. Uh, Ethan Zander um, uh, on, from the discord, our favorite mod. Our favorite mod, uh, good man. Uh, he was saying he thought that Dom tended to struggle a little bit with more athletic center halves, 
Um, and I think there's some merit to that too. Cause if you think about, I mean, Fafana's tall as well too, but I, I think if you think about it, Don normally leaps quicker and is a little more agile and athletic than some of the big rocks. So I think the natural thing for someone to do is, Oh, Dom's good in the air. Let's put a big guy on him. Well, I think that actually works in his favor. And Dom can sometimes run around and get into space. Now, both Evans and Fafana can move. So I, I, th- I think Penny's probably right. You know, the footwork of Fafana and the athleticism can get to the ball sometimes before Dom can. That's not very often. Um, and he was a little sloppy with the ball. He was okay. He's clearly working his way back. Fun stat for you, Ryan. Uh, Go. DCL tied uh, for the lead in the team in clearances with three. Interesting. I'm sure over <laughs> head, head balls probably on. Sure. On yeah. Corners. No, he did have one, I think, off of uh, the following a corner there was some interplay and then he cleared it out i, I mean he worked he worked on defense too you know yeah, i mean he, he they clearly knew tactically what they were supposed to be doing so he put in a shift and and you know he's probably not fully fit richarlison though topic of debate today I, i'm curious what your thoughts is he good okay good the bad the ugly i i love his work rate never fault him for that but it just hasn't been coming off for him in the last Really, this whole season, I mean, he's had individual games here and there, but as a general trend, the prolific score that we kind of have come to expect from Richarlison, that's dried up. It just feels like everything's, he's trying a little bit too hard all the time. He's trying to beat two guys that are closing him down off the dribble, trying to beat him for pace when he really has no business doing that. He's a quick kid, but he's not, I don't think like that explosive where he can just blow by people. And ran a ton. He had two shots, three fouls, dispossessed a bunch, several bad touches. The work rate's always there. It's just, I can only imagine how frustrated he is because as I said, it's just, it's just not coming off for him. He's getting what he tries. He's getting reckless. I think, you know, four fouls today. Um, That's and some were dumb in bad spots. You know, he is trying too hard. That's, that's my impression. I don't know that. I mean, it's really, I've learned, I I hate being the guy that tries to guess the mentality of a player on a pitch, but if you had to guess, you would guess that too. But I mean, look, two tackles interception, two clearances and a block shot. I mean, he's putting in the effort though. I mean, uh, look, if that's your, I think, I think so too. I, I just, I'm waiting for that, you know, game where he just, bangs them in you know I, I think it would be helpful though to have a more stable midfield behind him today was not the day to do that to feed him some of the chances he was having early so we can start to gel but i'll tell you what man if he gets rolling like if you want to pick out scenarios in which we could win the league just say i don't think i i look keep in mind disclaimer, what I'm saying. disclaimer 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 i don't think we're gonna win the league i don't think we're gonna qualify for the champions league at all i think the right goal is six and i'm hopeful we get it i'll be very satisfied with that if there were a scenario it would be this guy catches fire um yeah. and i i do hope it happens you can't rely on dom to tap everything in and be set up on on a platter i tweeted it earlier if we got james and richarlison on either flank going full all spiring on all cylinders there's not a lot of teams that can combat with that no i want to see like what we did against west west brom we'll be right Hamas pinging passes all over the yep. place in the middle uh richarlison up up you know on the left side supported with dean dom in the middle and decory making late runs in the box i mean we will score a lot of goals if those guys are rolling to go and then that could possibly happen second half um okay I, i'm gonna say eh, i'm gonna say he wasn't great 
Yeah, I think that's fair. You can't fault his effort. I mean, that's the thing we tend to ignore sometimes. The casual watcher sometimes is a little too obsessed with the ball. I don't don't mean to insult people, but I and I think that's a natural thing. You get attracted to he's got the ball. He has the attention. You're not randomly watching him off the ball. So I think that's okay. You know, we're not scouting him, but I think if you if you looked in a little closer to him, I think his game is probably better than some people thought. But okay, at best Pickford. Bad. Uh, I mean, honestly, besides the, the error, he was okay. But I just think the error, when you're not asked to do a whole heck of a lot, I mean, I think he ended up with what? They had 18 shots, but only six on target, five on target. Five so. on target. I mean, I, I don't remember a remarkable save or two. Do you? Yeah, and none, right. The, he was never really asked to do anything too far out of the ordinary. So I put him in the bad as well, but I mean, he's been okay for a while. I don't want to pile on him too much because again, I think just there's this inevitable narrative of needing to have a scapegoat after every game. And we got a point. So let's just try to keep it positive. Ryan moving. No, his distribution. I thought was crap tonight too. Uh, Sorry. I'm just, no, it's okay. He's four four 16 for long ball. So part of that could be maybe Dom wasn't as good as he normally is, but I just, uh, they were it was firing the ball to nothingness half the time. People I, I saw on Twitter complaining, oh my God, he's making me nervous with all the short passing. No, I want him to do goal kicks that way. You want to draw them in. That's the whole point of that. Right. Bring Lester to come at you and play it past them. That's how we were set up. There's nothing wrong with that. But yes, no, let's get into the comments. Um, I guess we could start with RuPaul Pogba at Bossman Jr. He's also the one that provided a couple of the XG numbers for us. Uh, InfoGoal had uh, Lester at 0.88, understat 0.78. Um, Michael Cali um, at point eight. So, so I think the point is Lester had 18 shots and that's the XG that they had, you know, nothing all that dangerous, honestly, but his comment was, I think was good to you directly. We drew the third place team with fourth and fifth choice center mids. I, I don't think he's fourth choice. I mean, if you throw JPG normally in there yeah. and Delph, I mean, though I would play all, all four of those guys before those guys um, only because you need someone that's defensively responsible. Sure. So, debatable it's even fourth and fifth choice center mids question for the pod would you pick gilfy over gomes what does gomes do better than gilfy i think gomes carrying the ball forward was instrumental for us today but yes i would have subbed andre out when it looked like it was obvious they were going to pick on him or add a third guy into midfield i just think we were hamstrung in terms of individuals i would have made some adjustment but i probably wouldn't have started him anyway and i would have started godfrey yeah i mean i think what gomez does is from playing from deep, I think he has better overall vision, getting the ball forward, better maybe range of passing, not as good on set pieces or anything like that, but um, not as good in the final third, not as good in the final third. Sigurdsson, when he actually receives the ball in the final third is pretty good. There's a reason one plays a central mid and one's better as an attacking man. I think Andre's probably better receiving the ball to feet and, Yep, turning, holding um, the ball up. Siggy's probably more disciplined and better defensively, though, ironically, which yeah. is kind of interesting for a guy that spent most of his career playing a 10. I mean, he, he played deeper. I remember the one year in the, in the uh, I think, the Euros for Iceland. Yeah. But um, he, he is a little more aware, defensively aware, but honestly, could anyone be less defensively <laughs> aware than Andre Gomes? Amen. Uh, let's go. I, th- I think Pete Rabbit 68 had an interesting comment uh, in the instant match reaction thread said, Hamas is the symbol of where we want to go. Pickford is the symbol of where we have been and do not want to return. Your I, thoughts? I, I, I mean, I, my only thought is I hope to dear God Marcel Brands had nothing to do with this extension and it was in the works well before Brands got here because what do you do with him? I mean, he's not a, not a good Premier League keeper. Uh, who would take him? He's on 100K a week. I, I just 
no, no one would take him outside. I would think of England because he's homegrown. That's fine. But no, who would take him? You do what you do with pretty much every other holdover from the Steve Walsh era, and you eat the money with a grin on your face until their contract runs out. He got I don't an know extension though, dude. I, mean, he's I know. Way, that's what I, I, mean. I don't know what you do there, but it is what it is. You know, you keep hoping that he's going to get better. I just don't think he is. The only hope I think we have is that he somehow explodes and plays wonderfully in the Euros. I don't know why he would keep his place, though. I think Pope is probably a better keeper. But, you know, I, I hope I keep hoping he does better. You know, we think we all want it for. Yeah, him. of course. I just I don't it. know if it's happening. We don't pick on these guys because we hate them. We pick on them because we want them to perform well and help us win. Um, Emily had a really good point, though. Let's get to that one. Yeah, of course. She said lucky to get a point out of that one. Honestly, can't quite wrap my head around not bringing a Wobi on sooner so clear how much we need to Corey yes to Wobi I thought when he came on he barely got the ball but when he did he looked dangerous looked willing to drive at people which is I think is what we were desperately missing once Andre started to get tired yep and then god what a ma- massive difference and uh, decore would have made in a match like today now it's just a shame that we have, you know, like again like we said Lester you know indeed he goes down Mendy's in there too Chudhury can can play that that position too. You know what I mean? They have, they have depth, you know, and, and we had depth. They just got hurt. So yeah. we just don't have depth everywhere. And we just happen to be hit with the injury bug. That one, uh, you know, it's just how it is. Um, Lee Perry in direct response to me, hundred percent mate. I feel we had the better chances. They had a lot of the ball and worked it into the box, but didn't do a lot with it. I feel we should have got at least one goal from the Gomes DCL and Richie chances at the end. Now, that being said, James's goal itself was just so outstanding and out of the blue. You know, I I don't know. I yeah, I, I mean, if, if you think if he doesn't score that, you really very I, different I, match. I think. I wonder what the xG for that shot was. It had to have been couldn't have been high. Though. No, of course. And that's what I mean. It's like that was kind of out of the blue, and then we had those chances at the end. But really, other than that, we didn't really have so we could have gone you know 80 minutes without having a really good chance on goal and all of a sudden decide to turn up for the last 10 i think it's a very different narrative and a in a different game we, yeah we probably don't play quite as we don't park it yeah as much, maybe so I, I yeah right. i think i think those, that's part of it but again yeah we could have gotten blitzed as a result too from you know andre maybe pushing up higher or something and maybe we should have done that maybe we should have been more aggressive honestly but again you know i mean all their shots are outside the box i mean just one Pickford mistake, really. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, again, one moment of quality from them, too, could have changed the narrative as well. Uh, anyway, um, final thoughts before we go man of the match. Final thoughts. Look, as I said at the top, seven points off second, eight points off first. Hard to be too upset taking four from six from a team like Leicester, even though without Jamie Vardy, I do think it changes their style of play. Still a good, well-organized side. Brendan Rodgers is evil, but he's an all right manager. Um, and so look, we move on. I think this makes just puts extra, extra emphasis on the Newcastle match on Saturday. Need all three points there. Yeah. Feel the same way. I was thinking the same thing. One point fine here. Let's get three against Newcastle and move on man of the match. I'm as Rodriguez two matches in a row. Easy choice for me. The wonder goal, most touches, most influential, the tackles. I mean, he was getting stuck in. There was one quick sequence where he, I think made like, Two or three sliding tackles in the course of a. Dude, he's minutes. strong. First of all, yeah. people do not realize who was the. It was the interview earlier with Ben Godfrey who mentioned they asked him who's like the toughest guy on the team. I can't remember if it was Godfrey or not. Someone said Hamas. 
And people are like, what are you talking about? And again, this is the announcer laziness. Flair players like this don't <laughs> like, dude, he is strong. Dude, his legs are freaking big, dude, man. Tank, he is a strong tank. guy. Yeah. yeah. And then you now you know why he does so well holding the ball up in advanced positions. Got to be Hamez, I think. The moment of moment of quality was enough. You know, he was on the ball enough. He was the one that was linking everything. There were good so good moments from other people, but uh, there's some something could be said for the center halves. I think they did okay. Yeah. I thought Michael Keane did a very nice job. We haven't even talked about him kind of covering for the onslaught that was happening on the left. There were a couple through balls that were played through that wide channel uh, because Dean was being pulled out wide and Godfrey kind of, you know, was being pulled out there as well on overloads and Michael Keane reacted very well and made some good plays, but no, it's got to be Hamas. All right. Well, let's uh, let's wrap things up real quickly here, Ryan. We do same as last episode. We do have a couple of rumors as the January transfer window winds down. First of which is Yannick Bellassi reported. I believe Paul Joyce may have let this slip. I know I saw Alan Myers uh, fire this off as well. That he's supposed to be going to Middlesbrough tomorrow. Uh, you may be listening. Maybe today may have already broken by the time you're listening. Finally, going to be reunited. Uh, Neil Warnock, I believe, is. Uh, interested in his services and uh away we go see the back of yannick Bellassi. yeah i i think i think he was interested in that all along yeah um yeah i'm happy for the guy he seems like a swell yeah. guy I, I think people have been critical a couple times of him on twitter that's just silly i think um, he'll do well there too i hope so i mean he's i think he's still got some stuff in the tank at a certain level he's a very entertaining player too mm-hmm. it almost stinks that crowds well it'll be interesting to see what happens to him in the summer i'm assuming that it'll be alone till the end of his contract and then if crowds are started allowed back in <laughs> i mean he could be an interesting addition to to certain leagues i could see Bring a little bit of that feel good factor yeah man i mean he'd be entertaining as heck to watch um and then then the other one that's worth note there are a couple more actually uh let's go to our man fabrizio because people keep banging him on joshua xerxes um he said that parma made an official bid to Bayern, loan with a buy option around 15 million euros everton's still in the race and parma are pushing um no real update there. We've talked enough about him in depth on Toffee yep. TV USA. Check it out. Subscribe to Toffee TV anyway. Again, if you don't, I don't know what you're thinking. Um, and the last one is a very curious one, Hamas. Yes, indeed. So and we did mention this it. Is, uh, we did mention we have it. talked about it. This has been linked for a while. We know that we talked about Bernard to Roma, but of course they have ended up bringing in uh, El Sharari back. So that seems to be off the table. At this point, it seems like Saudi Arabian club Oh, Ryan, help me with the pronunciation. Al Nasir. Al Nasir. Looking like it may be a loan to the end of the season with a 5 million euro obligation to buy. Now, keeping in mind that it is a 5 million uh, euro obligation, that would be pure profit from Everton's standpoint. I know that there are rumors saying that we were asking for in the region of 9.7 to 10. This seems to be us backing off of that. What are your thoughts on this? Well, first of all, I think it's the Al Nasir in uh, Dubai. Um, oh, okay. I could be wrong. I think so. So uh, there is a Nasir. So it's Al Nazar, I guess. Gotcha. Um, and yeah, no, no, it's it's a really interesting club, though. It's one one I happen to know a little bit about for strange other reasons. Uh, they got a cool like they they build on the outside of the stadium. It's like kind of right in the heart of Dubai. Um, it's okay. an interesting, very interesting progressive club, and they can pay. Um, UAE is a little different, you know, like some of the other leagues, it's hard to get someone in there. They're, I, they don't have the roster restrictions you have in like 
um, Qatar uh, and some other places. Saudi could work too. I think Gilfie was linked to Al Halal. I, yes. I think. Okay. So, so that's another one too, uh, at least in the general area. Yeah. I mean, I think it's an up and coming league. It's kind of exciting soccer, you know, and I think the Asian champions league, I think the AFC champions league is a really interesting competition. And I don't know. I mean, I think he would do very, very well there. Um, who knows? You know, who knows? Um, I, I think the problem is if Bernard leaves, I still feel like we need to replace him. I agree. And I, I mean, don't think I, there's enough time to do it. So, I mean, maybe there is, you know, maybe it's a loan for, I don't know, God knows who, you know, but there are some outside, you know, wingers and, and outside players that maybe are better fits or some that maybe could more naturally play on the right side. I mean, Bernard's a left half space player. He always has been. I know people want him to play the 10. He's never really been that. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I still feel like something's going to happen. We're going to move people on. More talk about John Joe at Burnley, too. But again, yes. no up, no updates on that one, I don't think. And it doesn't look like the Bentaki deal is has gone through. I know we reported that it sounded like it was done. So maybe there's still some hope that Jank could um, be reunited with the man that I will not mention at West Brom. Mm-hmm. So uh, some things could happen, and uh, we'll be with you on either Toffee TV USA or the American Toffee podcast to talk about any such moves. Uh, I'm excited. I think there might be a move at the end of the win. I just, I have this feeling. You're just, Ryan, you're, you're so optimistic that there's going to, I be just move. feel it. I just I've given like up hope. I'm, I've given up hope. At least that we'll see an incoming. I am optimistic about the outgoings, but regardless of all of that, I think that wraps us up quite nicely for this episode of the American Toffee podcast. We thank you all very much for checking us out. If you could do us a huge favor and give us a five-star review and a uh, quick blurb on your podcast platform of choice, it would be most appreciated. Otherwise, if you want to give us a follow on social media, join our Discord, any of those sorts of things, you can find all of the links to those resources at linktr.ee slash USA Toffee Pod. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash USA Toffee Pod. Thanks for listening so much. We appreciate you all. And until next time, up the toffees.